You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily-ish dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your headsets or speakers or whatever you're using to enjoy this episode of the program. I'm your host, A.J. Andrews of jaysfromthecouch.com. Yes, I am still alive. I survived the holidays. I survived New Year's Eve. Um, I actually had a good time with my brother and sister-in-law and my niece, who is the cutest freaking baby ever. So, deal with that. Um... And then, yeah, just kind of been laying low, much like the Blue Jays have since, you know, they rocked the baseball world by signing Hyunjin Ryu. So on today's episode, we're going to talk about a couple of things that are a little broader in baseball. Um, I'm actually going to tell you who the next Blue Jay to get into the Hall of Fame is going to be. So keep your ears peeled open. I don't know. Whatever you do to your ears, make sure you're ready for that second half of the program. But I'm going to obviously start with the biggest news in baseball, and that is the, well, I can't really think of like a good punny name for it. Like there was a Black Sox scandal. What do we call this? Just the ass stros? I don't know. Um... We'll work on it. Anyway, MLB completed its investigation on the Houston Astros and the accusations of sign-stealing during the 2017 season, and shock came back with a guilty verdict, and that punishment was handed out today. Both general manager Jeff Lunau and manager A.J. Hinch were suspended for a year, which they can serve on the unemployment line because they got fired by Jim Crane, the Astros owner. Houston forfeited its first and second round picks in the 2020 and 2021 drafts, which, I mean, okay, they were near the bottom of the table anyway. So not like they were going to get superstars, but then again, who knows who's going to be what in the baseball draft. Then they also got fined $5 million. In addition, Brandon Topman, a.k.a., you know, the poster boy for frat child behavior and misogyny, also was suspended for a year by MLB, and he can apply for a reinstatement after the 2020 season, but, (laughs) I mean, good luck hiring that nuclear toxic waste pile. So, the major question that came out of today was... What was the punishment worthy? Like, did it actually fit the crime? And I think the answer is no. And it seems like, you know, you got the two main guys lost their jobs. There was fines. There were draft picks taken away. Yeah, but um, a couple things about that. One, the money's a freaking drop in the bucket. Oh, no, $5 million. Like, that's, that's chump change to billionaires. Like... 
So, like, you could have taken that away from the international signing pool since Houston's had a lot of success there with guys like Jordan Alvarez and Jose Urquidy, like, like players like that. So that would have probably hurt them more. Um, and then, two, they didn't take away the title. As far as the MLB record books stand right now, Houston Astros have still won the 2017 World Series. And if you're not going to take that away, then it's not going to stop the behavior of teams like this who are so insecure about their own ability to build a roster of talent that they feel the need to grease the wheel and cheat to try and get it. You know, it's not mince words. It's cheating. Like, yeah, you can sign seal all you want, but you can't use a camera to do it. And it's a better idea to not basically reenact stomp in order to communicate that info. So, basically, without taking away the ill-gotten gain of, of that title, then, again, it's not going to prevent future teams from looking at. I mean, Boston is under the same scope right now because Alex Cora took the techniques that worked so well in Houston and took them with him to Boston. So the Red Sox are very likely going to face similar punishment to the Astros. Alex Cora is going to get fired. I mean, we can we can predict that right now. Carlos Beltran might be in trouble as well since it was apparently his idea to implement this sign-stealing plan. So the Mets might be looking for another manager as well. But, again, we we are focusing on the Astros here and and their reaction to it and, and basically the baseball reaction to it. And, again, as I said, I don't think it was enough. And, like, I don't think it's going to be a long stay on the unemployment line for Lunau or Hinch. I mean, until they take it away, they still get to say, hey, we won a World Series. So that's that's a very nice thing to have on the resume. And I think it's a little easier to fathom Hinch getting a job immediately as opposed to Lunau, just because, like, Hinch actually showed some level of integrity when the whole situation was happening. He was the one who addressed the Topman incident head on. So at least he has that going for him. Jeff Lunau basically reacted like a spoiled child. Just like, I'm not a cheater. Anyone who's worked with me closely can attest to my integrity. Yeah, we can attest to the guys you hired, dude. And it's a bunch of cheaters and misogynists and, you know, generally disreputable people. I mean, you make trades for domestic violence um, perpetuators. So, like, it actually didn't take much to convince people that the axe needed to fall on Jeff Lunau. Hinch is a little surprising, but because of the year-long suspension, I mean, it made sense for him to go. But at least Hinch, you know, 
there's there's a stark contrast in Luna's statement where he's basically deny, deny, deny. And AJ Hinch, he's like, it's my responsibility. Um, I failed to stop them. Deeply sorry. That's how you apologize. That's how you show integrity, Jeff Lunau. It's not just saying you have it. You have to actually talk the talk and walk the walk. So I don't think Jeff Lunau gets a job immediately. I think he's going to be out of baseball for a couple of years. But I think AJ Hinch is back on a bench by 2021. I'll I'll put that in podcast writing, I guess. But yeah, until they actually strip the title, it's it's not going to be enough to to convince me that this this was a full proper punishment, and it's a bit disappointing. Honestly, because, you know, it it was an opportunity to say we're not going to take this level of chicanery from our teams. And they failed. Just like they failed on a lot of punishments lately. I mean, really, half a year for domestic violence. Domingo Herman's going to be back by June. <sighs> but that's a topic for another day. Instead, we'll get to the planned topic about the next Blue Jays Hall of Fame, who will be in the Hall of Fame. I'm sure there's a Blue Jays Hall of Fame, but we're talking Baseball Hall of Fame. So, the next Blue Jay that will be in there right after this. You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we are back. So, this was actually going to be something I wrote for jaysfrontacouch.com, but I'm going in a different direction with my next article, which I know. Next article, I haven't written anything in months, but I'm trying, y'all. I'm trying to get back on that horse. This is this is helping me work through it. I'm, you know, doing the podcast in then hopefully using that to get back into the professional writing sphere. But we're getting off track. So one of the columns I was going to write was the next Blue Jays Hall of Famer. With Hall of Fame voting being announced uh, finally this week, it looks like, well, Derek Jeter's a log. Everyone knew that was going to happen. There's a strong chance that Larry Walker is finally going to get in, which has been freaking deserved for, like, ever. But, hey, better late than ever, I guess. And I'm I'm hopeful and confident that Larry Walker is going to get in there this time. There are outside shots for uh, Kurt Schilling, which, ick, I mean, raised a whole storm on Twitter when I said he doesn't deserve to be in there. Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds are next, and they don't deserve to be in be in there in there either. Not just because of the steroids, but because you know one had sex with a fifteen year old, and the other has a pattern of domestic violence, which MLB should really be trying to stay away from. As well as you know, Kurt Schilling's transphobic, racist views. So. Hopefully, just the class of two this year in Jeter and Walker. But that does raise the question, who's actually going to be next 
in line from the Blue Jays organization to actually get the call from Cooperstown. And I'm going to lay that out for you right now. I actually had a top five list. So we'll go for it. Number five, Roger Clemens. He's on there because he's the only one that's, you know, even within shouting distance. But yeah, no, thank you. Number four, Jose Bautista. Now, we don't know what his candidacy candidacy is going to look like when he comes up for election. Obviously not playing in 2019 starts his clock. He's got to wait five years. So 2024 is when he'd be on the ballot. Um, The home run seasons will play well, but I have a feeling a lot of people will look at his overall career arc and say it wasn't long enough. And that might be Jose's undoing, even though he was the top power hitter in baseball for like two two or three solid years. I I would consider his candidacy based on that, based on his peak, but it might be a hard sell. Plus, plus as much as I love Jose Bautista being Jose Bautista, the media wasn't so fond of Jose being Jose. So that might also hurt him. So that's why he's down on the list. Um, number three, and this is where we start getting into the more likelier paths. Um, number three would be Carlos Delgado, who was very unfairly kicked off the ballot quickly when he was on there. But I think given a lot of chances to kind of look over his career. And and he has Harold Baines to thank for that because, I mean, Harold Baines getting into the Hall of Fame just opened the floodgates for uh, these guys who, you know, had, had the borderline credentials, could have potentially had a stronger case in a modern era where people weren't just looking at the raw numbers. But again, Harold Baines has just opened that door wide open. So a guy like Delgado might have a stronger case now than when he was initially on the ballot, which I believe he got like 3% his first time on the ballot and then immediately fell off. So obviously a disappointing result there. Number two on my list, John Olerud. And he's, he's a sleeper candidate, but he's a sleeper for good reason. Um, you know how all the analytics darlings are pumping Scott Rowland's tires to try and get him into the Hall of Fame? And, you know, I'm I'm not going to argue with it because that's what's pushing Larry Walker's candidacy. Olerud ended up with a career 295 batting average. Um, a career on base of 398, which, again, looks so much better in this day and age, given how many guys can't actually get on base. And another thing he has going for him, as opposed to Carlos Delgado, is the Veterans Committee. And that's how the next Blue Jay is going to get in. Spoiler alert for number one. But um, both Olerud and Delgado fall under the today's game candidates who were kind of passed over. And while the modern game uh, was the focus of the 2020 ballot, that's why Ted Simmons and Marvin Miller were chosen by the select committee that made these decisions. 
2021 will be the today's game ballot. So all the modern era players who kind of fell off the ballot really quickly, they will get debated. And again, it's the Harold Baines argument. If Harold's getting in there, like that, that lowers the baseline so much. And for a guy like Olerud, who really wasn't appreciated in his time for the abilities he, ha- he had, the ability to play good first base, the ability to hit for contact consistently, and the ability to get on base, that looks a lot better in the eyes of the modern viewer and the modern voter. However, given that the selection committee is usually older guys, that may hamper Olerud for a little bit. But I think the candidacy has a chance to grow. And because Olerud's eligible immediately, that's what will get people talking. Um, I should actually throw in a 1A option. And that 1A option is... World Series hero Joe Carter. Now, Carter actually did get votes from the Veterans Committee during the 2019 balloting that Baines and Lee Smith actually won. So there is support in the room for Carter already, just for like the moment that he provided, one of the most iconic baseball moments of the past 50 years. So he already has a bit of momentum going for him, and that may make him a little more favorable to the Veterans Committee. However, I don't think he's going to get in because I think there's going to be a candidate that surpasses him. And that candidate is my number one most likely Blue Jay to be entering the Hall of Fame next. And that would be the guy he was traded for. Um in that deal with San Diego that brought Roberto Alomar over as well. And how how fun would that be if it ended up three future Hall of Famers were involved in that deal? Anyway, number one is Fred McGriff. If you remember the 2019 ballot, the last ballot that Fred McGriff was actually on, he had picked up 18% uh, of the voting share to go up to about 38%. Then he fell off. Fred McGriff is eligible for next year's Today's Game um, debate. And given that much momentum, like, like again, he, he kind of, he had that anal- analytics community, the younger community. He had them going for him, but he was just too late to really take full advantage of it. That's why he fell off the ballot, and that's why Larry Walker is able to ride that ballot hopefully, into the Hall of Fame. But anyway, the reason McGriff didn't get a lot of consideration is because he fell just shy of that magic number that we talked about. 493 career home runs for Fred McGriff. Just couldn't get to 500 and lock it down. But I mean, in today's era, 500 home runs has been cheapened so severely that I think a lot of voters are are taking looks back and seeing who they felt did it in a more legit way. And there was never an accusation on Fred McGriff that he wasn't playing the game the right way. I mean, dude was a baseball lifer. Went to Tampa Bay and played willingly down there. Like, well, I shouldn't say that. He's from Tampa. He He had reason to do that. But the fact of the matter is, with all that momentum and with him being eligible in 
the next round of voting immediately. I don't think it's going to take much to put Fred McGriff over the top and get the crime dog into the Hall of Fame. And there is a chance that he could wear a Blue Jays hat, being the kind of vagabond slugger that he was. Um, started his career with the Blue Jays, obviously traded the Padres. He had those years with Atlanta and then bounced around with like the Dodgers and then the Rays, as we mentioned. So there is a strong chance that he could go in with the Blue Jays hat. He could follow Roy Halladay and not go in with a team on his logo and as a nod to that kind of vagabond lifestyle. But he is still the strongest chance for the Blue Jays to get another member into the Hall of Fame. And I would be shocked if he didn't do so. So there you go. Fred McGriff is going to be the next Blue Jay in the Hall of Fame. Bank it. And hopefully it's not Roger Clemens. So it's good to be back. Just a reminder, if you're not following me on Twitter, you can do so at A underscore J underscore Andrews over there. The underscores are in there because, of course, Twitter is dumb. Subscribe to the podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, however you get podcasts. Make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss an episode when I can actually put them out. And follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOnJays. Follow on Instagram. uh, And and just check out the Lockdown Network because it's growing. We even have a Marlins channel now. I know, right? Someone wants to talk about the Marlins. So... Hey, check out some of the other fine voices on this network. And yeah, I will try to be a little more frequent. I know I've said that a lot, but I totally mean it at least once a week. That's that's my goal for the rest of January, February. Hopefully more if the Blue Jays can actually do something other than, you know, sign arbitration deals, which we will probably talk about at a future time. So... Until that time, for everyone here at the Lockdown Podcast Network and for everyone at jaysfromthecouch.com, I'm AJ Andrews. Thank you all so much for joining me for this episode, this first episode of 2020. And y'all take care. 